me, my name is Luke, and I am this year one of the leaders here at EV Youth, and I am looking after the music, and it is my pleasure tonight to be speaking with you. So I have a question for you all tonight to think about. As EV Youth, what do we want to be known for? When people think about EV Youth, what do they think about? How do we live as Christians? So how we relate to both Christians and non-Christians is quite important. How we live, what we say, will give people a different view about us, and um, often that can say something about what we believe as well. So I'm going to tell you about myself when I was your age, and I had to go looking for just some you know, embarrassing photos, because when people get up and they tell you, back in my day, I can only find three photos of me under 18, and they were them. I don't even know what's going on. Somehow I got married, so that's how that story ended. Um, We'll now move to the next slide so I don't get distracted by my own good looks. So back when I was um, in high school, I was at a Christian school, and there were two main types of Christians on the spectrum. I'm going to personify them as people, so it's just easier to keep track of. So one group I'm going to call Joey. Now Joey's that Christian at school that whenever you see him, he might just come up to you and like ask you, hey, do you know Jesus? And If you do, you say yes. If you don't, you say no. Maybe if you do, you also say no, because it'd be intense. He's also the one that, if you were a Christian holding a Bible, he might tell you, oh, you're holding your Bible wrong. And you're like, oh, okay, just correcting me on that. And it's not actually Jesus, he's like, Yeshua. And you're like, oh, learning all that as well. So he's telling us that. Then there's your other type of Christian, who's personified as me, because I was one of them, who was just heaps cool. Like you saw in those photos, I was pretty cool. So I was the one who's like, look, if, jo- if Joey's going to be kind of given Christianity a bad name, I'm going to be the one people look at and go, hey, Christians are actually kind of cool. I don't know what they believe, but they just look heaps cool. Um, so that was me, unfortunately. But unfortunately, Joey, that was, he went to EV. And back when I was in school, our youth group actually had a, a pretty bad name for some people. They actually found people at EV could be like, oh, they just seem really full on and they're just telling us we're wrong and they're going on about this, which unfortunately is not a, a good thing. I remember a few times in school, you know, we'd be playing Mafia. Has people played Mafia? Yeah. Oh, wow, so interactive. So playing Mafia, I remember Joey coming along going, oh, that's actually pretty sinful. You're lying. You're telling people you're not Mafia when you are. That's a sin. And look here, it tells you. And I'm like, oh, Joey, what's going on? So that was Joey. So when you get some things like that, it's easy to go, cool. So if I want people not to think Christianity is weird, I'm just going to you know, not tell people they're wrong. But what do you do if you're at school and you hear a teacher or students telling people, hey, if you live your life any way you want, you can sin all you like, you can even swear about God and tell people that God's just some big evil guy, and you don't ask him for forgiveness, it doesn't matter, because at the end of the day, he loves you, he's going to save you anyway. So what would you do if you hear someone saying that, which if you've read the Bible, you know that's not true. You know that you can't just live your life against God and then be like, it's going to be sweet in the end. God doesn't mind. What do you do when you're faced with hearing that? How do you respond? Um, Do you act like Joey and flip open the Bible and just start going, haven't you read this? Or do you kind of go like me and maybe go, we're cool, man. Christians are cool. Um, So that's what we want to look at tonight, that tension of how do we interact with Christians, what do they view us, and especially when there's those big questions, when people are maybe saying things that aren't true, how do we respond to that? Because that's quite important. 
So before I dig into 2 Timothy, I'm just going to pray for us that God can speak through his word tonight. So bow your heads with me. Father, I thank you for the opportunity we have tonight to gather together and hear your word preached. Please, would your word be proclaimed clearly through me, and I pray that everyone here will get to the heart of what you want to say to us tonight. In your name, amen. All right, so our first question for how do we live as a Christian, how do we want to be known as EV youth, is we want to learn the truth. So if you look into Timothy, just up at verse 15, it says, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. So here, Paul is telling us to present ourselves as someone who's approved. And you know that if you have put your trust in Jesus, you are approved. It's not by your works that you're saved. But now we want to present ourselves as one who is living as they're approved. And one way we do that, that Paul tells us, is to correctly handle the word of truth. So we need to, um, yeah, we need to live a life that matches that we're saved, and we do so by handling the word of truth. And to do that, we need to learn the truth. So I wanted to compare the Christian life to a relay race, and I wanted to find a baton, and I found this pickup sticks pink thing. So for now, this is a baton. So have you guys seen the relay races? It's where at the Olympics, people are running around carrying a metal pole. I have no idea where it came from. Running got boring. Why don't we just run while we hold something? And they're like, yeah, that's a sick idea, and I'll pass it to you, and you can have a run, and we'll watch you. So that's what people do at the Olympics, and it goes off. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I don't know why it's the thing. So what they do is they, one person runs a lap, and when they get to the end, they hand it to the next person, and they take their baton, because it's a special running baton. So let's, for this analogy, pretend that this baton is the gospel. So at some point, if you're a Christian along the line, someone's told you the gospel, and you've come to trust in Jesus, and you've been handed it, they still keep their one. It multiplies to Christianity, all right? There's not just one gospel. That would be weird. Everyone would want it. So you've got it now. So what do you do? You've got salvation, you're in the race, you now want to learn how the race works. How do I run? In this, I've never run before, I've never had to live as a Christian, what do I do about that? Um, ooh, let's put that here. So we want to know how to live to safeguard ourselves from any false teaching we hear. Because in verse 17, false teaching comes up. It says in verse 17, talking about people in, this, in Timothy's church who are spreading false teaching, their teaching will spread like gangrene. Now, I wanted to put a picture of gangrene up, but it was just so disgusting, I didn't. So save yourself some trouble and never type in gangrene into the internet. It will break your computer. <laughs> it did. Like, my computer probably has gangrene now. So gangrene <laughs> spreads through the body and it just destroys it. So once we get the truth, we want to learn how to run, how to live as a Christian, know what the truth is, so that when we might hear something like, oh, no matter what you do, you can you know, throw as many kittens as you want into the ocean. They've got nine lives, it's fine, don't worry. You can do that, you'll go, you'll go to heaven. You need to know, actually, I don't know if there's anything in the Bible about doing that, so we'll just leave the kitten one for now. You want to know that. So how do we do that? How do we learn the truth? We do that by reading God's Word. And honestly, that can be hard sometimes. I know you always hear, oh man, I dropped the baton, guys, I'm sorry. Um, so we often hear at, ch at church the idea that 
we want to be reading the Bible, and you think you hear that all the time, that's such a maybe boring application, but it's so important, and it can be hard. I know when I was younger, I struggled with it. I still have days where I wake up, and I don't really want to read the Bible. I just want to make an average coffee. By the way, I use instant coffee. I just get two spoons, and then hot water and milk. I love it. Well, it's four bucks for two months. Anyway, guys, that, well, I'll do how to adult later. Um, so yeah, there might be times where you don't feel like coming to youth. You don't feel like learning, but it's so important. And if you don't feel like it, the best thing to do is to ask God and just say, hey, I don't feel like reading the Bible. I don't get joy out of it. I don't understand it. Help me. And then by reading it even five minutes a day, it will change your heart and how you feel about it. And it's amazing. And then the last thing to point out in the learn the truth is back in verse 14, where Tim, uh, Paul started his verse saying, keep reminding God's people of these things. We need to keep reminding ourselves of the gospel. Christianity, we hear the same gospel message all the time, different aspects of it, but it's the same message. And that's the one that brings life. And we always want to remind ourselves of it for why it's so great. So point one was learn the truth. Get the baton and learn how to run with it. Step two, what we do then is, we want to live the truth. It's not just enough to know what the truth is, you want to be living it out. Well, there's a contradiction, and especially at school, or with your friends, if you're saying you believe one thing, but acting another, they get a bit confused, or they might be led to believe that Christianity is just when you're just too cool and blase to really do anything. Um, so once the runner receives the baton, and he's learnt to run with it, he should run with it. Imagine watching the Olympics and then the baton's coming to a guy and he's gotten it, he's, his whole life trained and he just kind of goes, yeah, sweet. He just kind of stands there. People are a bit confused. Haven't you trained for this? Or maybe he said, he's like, I know how to run properly, but I'm going to kind of hop. And he just hops through the Olympics holding his baton and people will be like, you train for this, you know how important it is, why you just hop, it mustn't be important to you. It shows that it's not important to him at all. In verse 22, Paul tells us how to live the truth out specifically. He says, Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. So Paul calls us to two actions, to flee and to pursue. Now, I'm sure we all know the difference between fleeing and pursuing, but I'll say that when it comes to sin, sin has made us a bit dumb. Sometimes we pursue sin because we think it's cool and often it can feel really cool. Our hearts are corrupted by sin. I think sin is often like a lion. I've got a picture on the screen. So sin's a lion. And this is how lots of us can view sin sometimes. We've seen Madagascar. We're like, lions are cute. They can dance. Maybe I can just take the lion home with me and he can be my pet and I'll look after him. And we think we're in control, but actually, this is how sin really looks like. I know. It's crazy. Gangrene. <laughs> yeah. So we'll get rid of that guy. So imagine you're being chased by a pack of those lions who are conveniently a bit slower than you. What do you do? You run away. That's it. There's no other answers. No one's going to be like, oh, he's cute. Maybe he just wants to cuddle. You run away. I remember on TV one time, there was this circus and they had this lion. And what they did, they tamed the lion and there was this segment where this woman would go up and she'd like put her arm in the lion's mouth and people would be, ooh, and 
Everyone was like, you're so brave. And she's like, yeah, I'm pretty brave. But the idea was they had this lion, they're taming it, she would do that all the time. One day, she puts her arm in and the lion bites it off. She loses her arm. And everyone in the news reporter going, I cannot believe that the lion did that. Like, he's never done that before. And everyone's just kind of like shocked how this lion could have done that. And I'm sitting there going, it's a lion. <laughs> like, I don't care if it hasn't bitten you before. You're playing around with a lion. You can't go be like, oh, but he's my friend. Lions are not your friends. <laughs> and that's, that's the end. No, that's it. <laughs> but seriously, we often pursue, pursue sin because it corrupts us and we, we enjoy it. And a lot of, a lot of um, sinful stuff is quite enjoyable. That's why we're reminded to run from it. If all sin was like being bitten by a lion, no one would do it. Like That would just be how we go. So the application for this bit, and this is a serious bit, is think hard. What sin in your life do you find attractive? Don't pursue sin. If you're making compromises, you're still pursuing it. Maybe you're like, look, I'm not going to steal DVDs from the DVD store, but I'll just download them from the internet for free. You're pursuing sin. I'm not going to look at pornography, but maybe I'll just scan through that person's Instagram and just look at all their photos for no reason. Maybe you're like, I'm not going to sleep with my boyfriend or girlfriend, but let's see how close we can get. All of those things are pursuing sin. So don't muck around in it. So what do we do then? If we don't want to pursue sin and we want to flee from it, how is that done? Back in 22, Paul says, flee from the evil desires of the youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. The way we flee from sin is by pursuing righteousness, by reading, by learning, by putting those things into practice. You'll always be fleeing from something and pursuing another. If you're neglecting to read, to gather, to pray, you're actually pursuing sin. But as you pursue the things of God, you will be fleeing from sin. And the great thing you see in the very end of 22, it says, to pursue these things with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. The Christian life isn't alone. We don't just have to kind of struggle or do these things by ourselves. We gather each week. We're here to remind ourselves, encourage ourselves. So pray for people. Use this time to really say, hey, I need help in this. Can you pray for me? Or this week, God did this in my life. It was amazing. And you're going to make mistakes sometimes, and that's okay with the Christian life. It's your overview. Are you pursuing godliness? And people can see that. So once you get the baton, learn the truth and pursue living the truth with your Christian brothers and sisters. The final point I have is we want to love the truth. So we've received our baton, we've been learning the gospel, we're running and we're living the truth. Now what do we do? And this is the big point of the matter. Now, if you remember Joey, he knew the truth. He lived the truth, he knew how to hold his Bible. But the thing that he lacked was loving the truth. He would just tell people, that's wrong. You've got to do this. Do what I do. But there's no love there. The truth is the gospel of salvation. The news that if I say to Jesus, please forgive me of my sins, and I trust him as my savior, he saves me from nothing that I've done, but from what he's done. That's great news. It saved us. We want that to be given to other people. We want to care for others and see them come to know the truth that we know. So verses 25 and 26 are the big verses of this, um, this chunk. In 25 it says, 
Opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth, and that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. To love the truth is to have this heart in all you do, that you're gently instructing people so that they will come to know the truth. And the key word is gently. Whenever we share the gospel with someone, or having a conversation with someone, maybe they believe something really, really off. Or maybe it's just something that you maybe slightly disagree with. What you want to be doing is gently instructing them to see them come to know and love Jesus. If our motives are just to prove them wrong, or just to show off what we know, we're missing the point of what the Christian life's on about. We want to see people coming to repentance and a knowledge of the truth. Because remember that if someone isn't saved, they're ensnared by the devil like we too were. So we want to see them freed. So the relay's runner, the relay runner's aim then is to pass on the baton. Imagine if you did this by going up to someone and going, I want them to, you know, have the baton and just smash them over the head and be like, I've done my job and then walked off, mic drop with the baton. Or imagine if you just, like I would have used to do, like stick it in the pocket and go, you can have it if you want it, but eh, whatever, who cares? You want the person to take the baton. You're in it together. You're wanting someone to receive the gospel. As the runner's coming up to his partner, he's matching their pace. He's reaching out the baton so they can get it. We want them to receive the baton, not just for them to know that we have it and we can hit them with it. So in school, I was a bad runner. I didn't really know the truth. I got hit over the head by Joey about it. So I just was like, no, thank you. I went the other way. I went looking for a church. And I went through a a cool, hip church. They didn't really tell the truth, but everyone was cool. And it was not the people who made me feel like I was, you know, wrong and that they were right. But as I was in that truth, uh, in that church, it drove me further away from the truth. The false teaching ensnared me, it spread like gangrene over me until someone then came to me one day and with love gently showed me what the truth was and I came to repentance. And I'm so thankful for the way that they did that. Because God does save people, it's only God who saves people. But He gives us a part in doing it. He doesn't tell us, hey, I'll run with the baton because you're all really dumb and you chase after lions. He makes us pass on the baton to people. So we need to have others' well-being in mind. And it's not just so we can go, well, EV youth, we are the only one that knows the truth. Everyone else is wrong. That's not the point. There are many churches who know the truth just like we do because it's God's truth. We go to God's truth to learn. It's not just our truth that we make up. If we're concerned for people's salvations, we should be overjoyed when we hear other people from other churches who too are Christians as well. So my question for you is, do you love the truth of the gospel? Are you concerned for the salvation of other people? I know there are people here who are Christians, but you just don't feel like that. And that's fine. It's not ideal, but it's okay if you feel like that. It's a real thing. You might not even have the desire to read the Bible. You might be a Christian, but you don't even have the desire to flee sin. Why is that important? It could be like, I hear what you're saying, Luke, but I just don't feel like I care about that. And here's what you do. First, you 
acknowledge to God the way you feel about that. You tell him, God, I don't feel like I care for people's salvation. I don't feel like sin's a big deal in my life. Then you ask him to change that. Would you please, would you please help me care for people? I want to see people come to know you. And I want that to be my heart's desire. I want to want to read your word and know that. And I want to live a life that shows that I am one of your sons. And then after you ask him, you just act out, knowing that God sent his own son to die for you, to save you when you're his enemy. Of course, he's going to want your heart to change, to love him and love um, living as a Christian. He's done all this to bring you into the Christian family. So just ask him and act out in confidence that no matter how long or short it takes, it will happen. We want to spread the truth to people in love. So how do we want to be known as EV youth? We want to be known as people who have learnt the truth and know it and live it out, but lovingly tell people. So when that person comes and says, hey, no matter what you do, you're going to be saved, even if you reject God, we can lovingly correct that, because that's what's important. So love the truth and pass it on to other people as well.